0: You're listening to the Exchange Place podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Exchange, where our hearts, souls, and ears come together for reciprocity and transformation. I am your host, Deborah Faith, and when we get together, we explore topics that help us to better understand ourselves and one another. The Exchange is my personal invitation for you to take inventory of your life. This is our space to be free, vulnerable, transparent. So live in it, learn from it, invite others to it, and most of all, protect it, take care of it, and it will take care of you. Welcome back to the Exchange Place podcast, y'all. Hey, y'all. I know y'all looking like, where, where are my guests at today? But I have somebody super-duper-duper duper special today for you. And I've been promising you this season, especially in Evolve, as I've been evolving, you know, y'all, I've been taking classes and challenges, and I've been meeting so many dope people and we have one of those dope people here today. Um I just wanna welcome Gabrielle Shady to the show. It's French y'all, so we gotta say it right.
1: <laughs> Hello, Deborah. Thank you all for having me. I'm excited
0: to be here. Yes. Thank you for coming. So I just I just wanna catch the audience up with um who you are and even how I met you. Um My audience is 100% familiar with Dr. Darius because that's my pastor, my mentor, my coach. Um, And recently I did another challenge, and it was the Unleash Your Calling Challenge. And in there, he brought in some dope people again. Gabrielle being one of them. But if I'm honest, I knew right away when you started telling me or telling all of us of what you were doing, I was like, I got to get her on the show. I was like, I don't know, I'm going to slide her DMs. But um, you are an um, emotional eating expert and a coach. And when I heard you say that, I was like, man, that's just the area that I feel that is so untapped into, if I'm honest that we always go with these kind of like crash diets. We go with, um, you know, not the get fix or get quick, you know, lose, get results quick or, you know, quick weight loss, but I feel like that's kind of poured into us a lot more these days, like how to lose weight really, really fast, but we never deal with the emotional piece of it. So can you just explain a little bit to the audience of what you're doing? Um, And let's get into why you're doing it too. As well,
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, amazing introduction. I love it all. (laughs) Um, But yes, as she said, my name is Gabrielle J. Sherry. I am an emotional eating coach, and um, emotional eating is is exactly what it says. It's you eating whenever you are emotional on an emotional high, right? And so, um, I actually got into the industry my own journey. Um, So in 2013, I began my own weight loss journey. I lost, um, well, I gained over 30 pounds in less than a year. Wow. Back in 2012, um, my junior year in college, 2013, that's when I really started my weight loss journey. And it took about a year and a half, two years to lose the weight. So that's another misconception. You know, I, I know a lot of people think that, you know, weight loss happens quickly and it doesn't because for a majority of us, you know it takes us a while to actually get in a good rhythm to actually maintain that and so as i was going through that journey um i didn't know that i was emotionally eating at the time i didn't even know that emotional eating was what landed me to actually gain the 30 pounds but looking back years later i'm able to say like wow well i did ha- i was in a toxic relationship i was mm. having issues with my, uh, with my biological father, if I can be extremely transparent, I was in college. And so I had all of these stressors going on and I didn't really understand how that was playing into the way that I was eating. Um, but, but eating became my pitfall. It became the thing that I ran to because after all, it was the only way that I was taught how to cope with difficult emotions. And so that's essentially what emotional eating is. It's, it's us running to food instead of dealing with the emotion real time and so i i i got tired of me right and so i became a personal trainer um about a year after i began to pursue my path in in weight loss and Mm -hmm. so i've helped Hundreds of women achieved their health goals, and I even taught them how to diet. So let me preface with that. Whenever I lost my weight, I was dieting. I was trying every single diet on the market. Um, I was an extremist at it, a perfectionist wow. at it. So that is how I lost the weight. But over time, and this is a cycle that I found myself in, I'm sure that a lot of you can probably relate. you am raising my hand.
0: <laughs> what would you say? I said I'm raising my hand because I'm one yeah. of those it's a yeah. cycle.
1: Yeah. Cause you start a diet, you're excited to get on it. And then, you know, you see some weight loss and, but you know, after the diet is over, you, you know, we give up for a few different reasons for one, dieting is hard. It doesn't really fit into our lifestyle. Like we have to change everything about who we are in order to fit this one thing into our lives. So it's too hard, but oftentimes we don't like the food, right? We don't like what we're eating. We're restricted our diet and so we eventually we go back into our old eating habits and so what i found is that dieting teaches you how to diet it doesn't teach you how to deal with eating habits on a day-to-day basis how can i still achieve my health goals without having to give up all the things that i love and i realized that that wasn't how God created food to be. And it's definitely not what he wanted for me because he knows his daughter. He <laughs> knows that can't. He knows his daughter still likes to eat chips. So why can't I not? And yeah. know what I want if that's what brings me joy every now and again. So um I saw myself on this cycle. I saw my clients on this cycle. And that's when I realized that there was a deeper issue that we weren't really talking about. We were talking about weight loss. We were talking about dieting, but we weren't talking about why is it that we consistently find ourselves back in this same place of feeling guilty and of feeling ashamed whenever we weren't able to achieve that goal? And it's because diet diets don't work. And I stand 10 toes
0: down on that. Yeah. So can we back up? Cause I, I just want to unpack, I guess the process of you kind of getting there and your journey um, through the emotional eating, like was there I know you said you were in college, you had uh, your relationship with your biological dad and all of that. Like, what made you look into that and say, like, where is that coming from? Was there something that happened or did you start therapy? Like what kind of pinpointed that and and took kind of like the blinders off of your eyes to even see that? Because I I think and I'm just going to speak for me. I think a lot of times I definitely struggle with my weight. Um, I'll be very transparent in that sense of things. Um, And I never get, I get to an uncomfortable weight. I'm at that weight right now, if I'm honest. Um, But I know why. And I know where I've been and kind of like what's going on in my life. So when you mentioned the whole emotional eating, I was like, man, I feel like she's talking to me and she can, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of looking through me. So what was it? I guess in your process or in your healing journey that made you look to the emotional place? Was there, again, was there something that happened or you just pinpointed um, it down?
1: Yeah. I, so I was in the middle of a transition. So let me, let me start here. So I wasn't mm-hmm. personal trainer for 10 plus years. Um, it's all people ever knew me for like, but I also knew that um, God was calling for me to shift. This was like, Last year, like summertime last year, he was calling for me to shift out of the, out of the physical fitness piece and to go into more of this. I wasn't really sure with how he wanted me to do it, what he was calling for me to do. I was confused.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but I started to, again, pay attention to what my clients were going through. I didn't realize that it was an issue for me until I started to see myself in them. I wow. was looking at the cycles that they were having, like literally we would lose, they would lose weight, see weight loss. But as soon as the diet was over, it's like, I'm, I'm rushing back to my favorite food. Um, And then you end up overeating because you've been restricting yourself for so long. Right. And so I started to see the, the, the challenges that they were going through. And then I started to, and then God started to reveal, like, this was you too. Like, this mm. is this is what was happening. Whenever you gained that 30 pounds, you thought it was just you being stressed, but it, you were stressed, but you were stress eating. And so I, I say this for a lot of people, you really don't know that you're stressed eating until you know that you're stress eating. You don't yeah. know that you're emotionally eating until suddenly like a light bulb comes on and you're just like, Oh, well, maybe I was not hungry when I ate that, that, that piece of cake or whatever that was maybe Maybe I was feeling something and I just didn't readily recognize it. Or maybe I just ignored it because I don't really want, really want to deal with the real issue.
0: Yeah. I know too for like, and we had this conversation pre-podcast. I know culturally, like when we get together, we eat, um, as, as, as the black folks, it's like, look, we come together, we eat, we eat in happy times, we eat in sad times. It's like, what's happening if somebody passes away? What are we doing for the repast? And what are we eating? It's always associated with food. So I find a lot of times, especially with myself, and I hope the listeners can relate, like there are moments, even days, like if it's a gloomy day, I'm like, I'm just going to curl up in my bed and eat a whole bag of chips. Yeah. So I gave up chips for a while and I love that you said, don't restrict yourself. Cause I haven't been eating chips probably for the last three or four months. Um, and it's been hard, but don't restrict yourself. Cause I know when I go back to it, I probably will eat that whole bag again. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's learning this thing of boundaries, self-control, um, and self boundaries. Right. So mm-hmm when you go back to those chips, you don't have to eat the whole bag. You can have a plan in place to where you're like, okay, I'm not going to sit up in my bed and eat the chips. Maybe I go sit at the counter and eat the chips. Maybe I pour the chips into a bowl instead of eating them straight out the bag. Maybe I portion them out so that I'm not. So there, there are ways that you can set boundaries around eating the things that you still enjoy. Um, And so I think that that's, that's really important because, you know, whenever we think about family and us getting, like, that's, food is nostalgic for a lot of us when we think about Thanksgiving, right? Our family is there, the turkey is there, your favorite dishes are there, and so oftentimes it's difficult to um, detach the emotion from the event or from um, from your food, because your food for a lot of people is just nostalgic. You know, when I think about Thanksgiving, I think about my grandma's um, banana pudding. Everybody liked it. I don't like it. I'll be honest. Don't.
0: Mm-hmm. don't me, but, <laughs> I was going to say, don't tell her that, but um, I got you.
1: <laughs> but you, you know, like, but that is it's difficult. and And I'm a chip lover too, right? And so that was one of the first things that I realized about myself when I started to do the work for me. I was like, why do I love chips so much? And my attachment to chips came from me remembering um, a time when my grandmother, every time I got off of the school bus, I was nine years old. She would have a bag of chips waiting for me whenever I got to her house. So for me, that meant love. That meant that that she saw me. And so as an adult, when I'm not feeling seen, guess what I run to? Wow. As an adult, when I'm not feeling hurt or if I'm stressed or I'm missing my grandmother, guess what I'm running to? I'm running to a bag of chips because that's what unconsciously, that's what brings me back to that place.
0: Wow. So you're going to have me in tears today and my audience is used to me um, crying, but I'm thinking now you have me kind of trying to go back and relate what chips mean to me because I've Mm -hmm. never, I always thought it was just a thing. You know, you either love sweets or you love chips, but I will I overindulge with chips and I don't know, I will get back to the audience and you of what that is, but I love that you said you feel when you feel unseen or that chip reminds you of love. Like, I wonder what that's connected to in my life right now that I love chips like that. Yeah. And I don't think we. I, I love that we're having this conversation because I don't think that most people are having this conversa- a conversation, especially when it relates to food and emotions, and like even yeah. being able to connect the two.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I would just want to add this point. Oftentimes, we're in search of what what like a primal need, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever we are reaching for food to actually meet an emotion, it's because we're not feeling seen, we're not feeling heard, we're not feeling trusted or loved. And so oftentimes it's, it's going to draw us back to a, to a primal need that we're missing. So it's important that we know, what is it that I really need? If it's not really that I'm hungry and I'm still craving this specific food, what is it that I need in this moment that's not being met?
0: I love that. So what would you, where would you start? Like for a person... Like me, or a person who knows, even listening to the conversation that we've already had, that hey, that feels like me. Like, where do you start? Because I think, as I'm thinking and even having the conversation with you right now, there's an overwhelmed feeling of like I know certain things of you know that I'm eating that are definitely not, a not not, not even not good for me, but that I overindulge in, and mm-hmm. I think. Is it, is it first pinpointing those foods? Like where, w- where would you tell somebody to start once they connect and say, Hey, I deal with this cycle.
1: Yep. Yep. You hit the net. You hit the uh, the nail on the head, identifying the food. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was able to, again, identify that chips. They did this certain thing for me whenever I, I needed to be seen, heard, loved, and so you identify that food. What's that, what's the food that you tend to run to? And typically that food is typically something that's high in sugar, something that 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 you know that ideally it's not really taking you closer to that goal, but what's that food for you? And then you begin to ask yourself a few questions. Okay, well, I, I enjoy this food. What is it that I really like about this food? Do I like the crunch of it? Do I like the, the the saltiness of it? What is it that I really enjoy about this food? And then ask yourself this last question. What would I be missing if I could no longer run to this food to meet this need? Mm. That's when you start to draw the line between the emotional piece. What would be missing for me if I could no longer eat the chips to give me comfort?
0: What what's that look like? Yeah, I'm so I, I feel like I'm first of all in a coaching session with you, <laughs> first and foremost, and I thank you for that. But I've, I have been noticing for me, so I stopped eating chips, like I said. But now I've been replacing that with sweets, and I don't even I know that I don't like sweets. That's how I know that it's emotional because yeah. sweets are not my thing at all. Like I, but I have been indulging in sweets feeling like oh well I'm not eating chips anymore does that make sense and don't laugh at me but I'm not eating the chips anymore but I am now having sweets which yeah. is outside of what I would normally do so there's definitely an emotional attachment there mm-hmm.
1: and I'm I'm happy you said that because that's just a prime example as to why food is not the issue yeah yeah not really about the food it's it's how you're using the food that causes the issue why are you eating it um and so it really is it's an emotional tie there that has to be um assessed you know brought to your attention and then you know find other ways to cope and and you said another thing it's like it's like an addict I'm mm-hmm. not calling you an addict but as soon as you know food addiction is a real thing yeah and the only the only difference between a food addiction and then um a heroin addiction is that food addiction is normalized no one is really um pointing the finger at you if you overeat at the dinner table but if you do something that's that's considered to be morally wrong, then we are, um, you know, we're dragging you in the streets. The only difference is that one of them is normalized and one of them is not. But just like an addict, whenever you give up something, you're always going to replace it with something else. So I say all of that to say, whenever you be, whenever you decide to change something, even about your eating habits, you never want to remove anything without replacing it with something. Okay. So now you have found yourself running to sweets because you didn't have anything else to replace it with.
0: Yeah. So is the goal to basically replace, but replace with something healthier. So add more fruit than to the (laughs) sweet.
1: So you can, okay. You you, you can replace it. But again, that's making it about the food. Okay. What can I do without, what can I do to meet the need without eating? Okay. Without meeting this oral, this oral fixation. So what are some soothing techniques that I can do? Can I, can I go, um, take a walk? Can I journal about this? Can I, um, can I go stretch? What can I do to not resist it, but to actually give me that, that a that, to give me that sense of needing that I'm needing mm-hmm. without meeting it with, with food.
0: I love that. So that
1: also helps you to find other things that you're interested in, right? Because as adults, I think we lose that childlike nature. You know, like we forget the things that really bring us joy because we're adults now. So we stop doing the things that we like. But this also gives you that opportunity to get back to some of those childhood things. Like I used to love to draw. What can I do whenever I want to eat? Maybe I can get out my adult coloring book and be creative in a different kind of way. So um, some of it is just like finding some new tools and techniques on how to meet the need.
0: I'm loving I- all this, first of all, and I'm going to try all this. <laughs> Report back to you. I am really because I never thought of it like that. I 100 percent agree with you that as adults, um, we we lose our our childlike behaviors of just like kind of exploring ourselves you feel like hey I'm an adult and you feel like not that I definitely don't feel like I've stopped growing but I do feel like there's a not a play side of me but a fun side of me that kind of gets suppressed more often because you feel the the responsibility of adulthood And you don't explore those things. Like, hey, like you said, adult coloring. For somebody, they're probably like, adult coloring. You know what I mean? But if that makes you happy and brings you joy, why not? Yeah. 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 So can we talk a little bit about... we had a conversation, and I hope you don't mind me sharing, but in bringing you on the show, we talked a little bit about um, we have some commonality um, as far as losing our dads um, mm-hmm. to cancer. I believe it was cancer, right, that you lost yeah. your dad to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to know, in that, were you already doing the or aware of the emotional eating during that period of time, or was that part of you kind of discovering your why
1: it was actually um, a, definitely a part of me discovering my why. Okay. Um, because again, I, looking back hindsight 2020, I know that the reason I started, emo- well, I won't say started emotional eating, but I know that, that one of the reasons I gained the immense amount of weight that I did was because we were having a difficult time in our relationship then. Mm-hmm. So whenever he was uh, diagnosed with cancer, um, especially as he was, transitioning because anyone who's had a anyone to transition sitting and watching them transition is difficult and it's different from having somebody to just transition and that's just it like you're literally sitting in a room with them watching this happen and so that was when I when I saw it like really starting to like come up again I'm just like oh this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's happening and yeah, that that's when I saw it in me. I started first seeing it in my clients but I had not yet really fully saw it in myself until I was like, "Oh, this is this is what's happening with me right now." Yeah. Um so grief can do that to you. Any type of stressful situation or emotion can can provoke um can provoke that in you for sure. Yeah.
0: So what what suggestions, and I know we talked about kind of replacing food with um, positive things, not just food, um, but again, that childlike play, um, figuring out what you would, you know, loved at a point or maybe always wanted to try or whatever that is. But what other tools do you do you think are would be helpful for people who are emotionally eating do you suggest therapy coupled with the kind of the coaching that you do or
1: yep i i think that there are multiple routes that you could take Mm -hmm. i do i am a big proponent of therapy um if you find that and i've even had people that come to me um and i'm just like listen sis uh (laughs) Let's let's outsource you. I I have a master's in counseling psychology, so um, I can help you to an extent, but you you need you may need a little bit more help than what I am willing and can provide. So I'm a big proponent of therapy, uh, especially when we are talking about like um, eating disorders. Which is let me let me say this really quickly: overeating and emotionally eating; those are not eating disorders. When I say eating disorders, I mean like anorexia, bulimia, um, binge eating. So those are some of the more extreme mm-hmm. eating disorders that okay. I would suggest people, you know, seeking out help for. Um, I believe that having a strong support space is like top notch because. Oftentimes people this is a secret for a lot of people. It's like a secret sin that nobody really wants to talk about. No one needs to know that I go home and I I eat ten hamburgers in a night. Who needs to know that? And then we secretly struggle because a lot of people think that they're the only one. So having a strong support system and community is super important. Um because again, a lot of people feel as if they are the only people struggling they're in this area. Doing that
0: and everybody's
1: struggling with this to some some extent, man, woman, child, everybody, because eating is one of those things that you'll never get away from. You Mm -hmm. have to learn how to um, balance your plate and learn how to make healthy choices because you're going to always, you have to eat to survive.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's important that you, that you learn how to Um, use some of those key skills that I teach a lot of my clients so that, so that you can be successful in this area. But therapy is one community is huge. Um, And then the last piece, of course, like having someone like me or like someone to kind of coach you through some, through some of these things, because a lot of what we're dealing with now is things that we picked up in childhood, right? Our Mm -hmm. parents um, are unknowingly taught us some bad habits that have now transitioned into adulthood and we're just wondering, well, why can't I, why can't I turn down my plate? Well, it's probably because your parents told you that before you leave this table, you got to clean your plate. And so not only did they teach you to ignore your hunger cues. So now you don't know when you're hungry and when you're full, but now you also feel guilty if you don't finish your plate. And so some of the things that we're dealing with now came from childhood. And some of the things we picked up in transition, you know, I picked up mine in transition. When I was going through a difficult time, I started leaning on food to fix the issue. And when that became an issue, I started leaning on dieting to get me out of the issue. And so now I have a pattern of like, you know, having an unhealthy relationship with food because I was, I didn't know how to cope with my transition well.
0: Gotcha. So I I I love that you said community. Um, I definitely think people are suffering in silence. And unless you know mm-hmm. me really well, you would not know or I would not tell you that I eat a whole bag of chips at home yes. in my bed. I do. Um when I was eating chips. Um so what type are there I know that that you're one hundred percent doing that. First of all, is there therapy geared towards this or just is it general therapy? But Are there kind of specialists in the therapy area when you suggest someone go to therapy? Is it just general therapy or is it some like experts in that area of emotional eating?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just speaking with a therapist um, maybe a few weeks ago. I was on her podcast and she was telling me how a lot of therapists are afraid to actually touch this subject. And I'm just like, wow, we talk about everything else, but we can't talk about, (laughs) we can't talk about food. So I'm actually in the process, um, of being a certified, um, certified with working with people who do have eating disorders, um, so that I can help on a deeper level. So that's something that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. I don't have any resources to readily give to someone who is in need of that right now. But I mean, of course, cousin Google is always our best friend. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, referrals, you know, seeking out maybe finding someone in your community or seeking out what that looks like. But I don't have any readily um, resources. But I did find it funny that she was saying that a lot of, Therapists don't really like to touch on this area. That's interesting.
0: Think, so do you yeah. do you think they don't want to touch on it because they feel like they're going to offend someone? Because I, again, I I'm an advocate for therapy. I've been in therapy since 2019, um, and normally you talk about everything. Do you think did she share with you why they don't want to touch food? Is that more offensive to someone to say that or
1: I I just don't think people are getting certified in the way that they feel competent enough to actually speak on it. Okay. Um, I, you know, there are tons of different therapists. I don't think that this is an area that a lot of people are like, Oh, well, let me get, go get certified in food addiction so that I can,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I love that you're getting certified <laughs> in it. Um, I, yeah. Cause I, I already told you I'm, I'm tapping into you and I'm definitely, I definitely will be reaching out to you. Um, let's talk community. Um, I know you mentioned community and I know that you are building a community. Can we, can you just share with us a little bit about the community that you're, you're building and what you kind of are, are growing um, now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, this community is brand new. I'm really, I'm so excited about it because again, um, I believe that we grow in community and we know that that's what PD says all the time. Like community is definitely that piece that you need in order to go to the next level. Because I believe that we, there's this book, it's, it's called Atomic Habits. If you have never read it, <laughs> Do yourself a favors by James Clear. Mm-hmm. But he has this piece in the book where he's taught he talks about following the close, following the many, and then following the powerful. And what I have found is that we we've all followed everybody. We followed our clothes, the close, the family, we followed the many, which is uh culture, and then we followed the the powerful, which are the people who have money, the people who have influence, right? Mm-hmm. And so community is following the many that's where you find your community um because for so long think about it you have been following somebody we've been following the many but we haven't been following them and they have been taking us in the right direction because we've been dieting we've been doing all of these extreme things to try and get to our health goals to only find out that that isn't working for us anymore so whenever you get in the right community I believe under the right leadership and you're being taught the right concepts, Mm -hmm. then your growth is inevitable, but you also have people who are just like you, you're no longer singled out or you feel like you're alone in this. And so um, I'm actually doing a two day training that's called transform your mood with food. And in this training, you get the community aspect, right? So we have a private support group um, of women who are purpose-driven, but they're also professionals, which means that, yeah, I might have a nine-to-five or I might be an entrepreneur, I might work from home, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I get a chance to connect with women who know that I have a purpose that's bigger than what I'm doing right now. And in order for me to get to that purpose, I really need to change up some things. And my eating habits is one of them. So um, that community piece is is open for any and everyone who wants to join. It's completely free. Um, It's just all about you knowing that you're not by yourself. I don't want women out here struggling because they feel like they don't have the support that they need. You have it. It's just about tapping in now and then, you know, taking the necessary steps to do that.
0: I love that. I love that. Can you share with us really quick and we're going to share it again at the end when we wrap yeah. up, but can you share with us the class you mentioned that you have a class coming up? It's a 2-day yeah. class. Yep.
1: And yeah. how so, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go
0: ahead. And how can people how can people join that class? Cuz yeah, you said yeah. it's so, free, right? So Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's completely free. Um, It's called Transform Your Mood with Food. And so in our two-day training, I'll literally be helping you to identify, okay, what food mindset blocks do I have Mm -hmm. and also like what food rules have I been following because again our parents taught us a lot of things that we're now carrying over into adulthood so now we have to identify okay what things am I doing that's keeping me stuck living in the past Um, so that's the first thing that we're talking about another thing that we're talking about is how to boost your mood and your metabolism right because food does impact our mood, our stomach and our gut is considered to be the second brain of the body, which means that there are, there's a big connection between what we feed ourselves and then how that impacts our mood and our emotions. So we're going to be talking about that, but also how to boost your metabolism for healthy weight loss. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about going back to dieting and worry about restricting your food again. We're going to do it in a healthy way so that you can actually sustain the results that you're going to get this time. And then the last piece is all about you identifying your food triggers this kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier is understanding what foods really draw me in and how can i build a food confidence around that because a lot of us the reason we're not making the best choice is because we're not confident in the choices that we're making we've Mm -hmm. been told i need to cut out carbs i need to diet i need to stay away from sugar so how, do, how can you make a, a wise choice if you, you're being told so many different things? So I'm going to be speaking truth about how God created food, what he created food for, mm-hmm. so that you can be confident in your eating choices, whether you're at brunching with your girls, whether you're out on date night, whether you're at work. I want you to feel confident in all environments so that you can um, start to leverage food to your benefit instead of allowing it to strip you of your energy.
0: I absolutely. First of all, I absolutely love that. <laughs> I must have said that ten times during the episode. But I, I love where you said food confidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you dive a little bit deeper into the food confidence? Is that yeah. just you being confident with what you're choosing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So again, we're we've been told so many different things to do, right? Mm-hmm you should diet you should eat carbs you should not eat carbs so there's a lot of confusion and a lot of really miseducation okay. that we have been taught about food so how do we strip away from everything that we've been taught and really get down to what I should really be doing should i be eating carbs yes you should be eating carbs carbs give you energy should i be eating sugar yes you can eat sugar sugar is also good for you it's just how you do it it's and so I want you to feel confident in any environment. So I know there's, you know, oftentimes, you know, when you go, when you're traveling, you don't really know how to eat because you're just like, oh, well, my, my, my normal isn't here. So let me just run for the quickest thing that's the most convenient. So talking about strategy for every environment that you go into, if you're at work and your coworker brings in um, some some cake, what do you do?
0: I was about <laughs> to say, do you, do, you do you eat the cake? Do you eat not? the cake
1: or not? you <laughs> eat the
0: cake anime, right? Eat the cake
1: anime. <laughs> but we even talk about strategy around that. Like, how do I, how do I navigate being in a place of where I am tempted? How do I, how do I deal with that? Yeah. If I know that I still have a goal that I'm working towards, so we get, we dig in pretty deep.
0: I, I, I love that you're touching this. A friend of mine, um, we went out two days ago, and she said to me, like, oh, okay, well, we're out. We can kind of, like, eat whatever because we haven't been eating bad bed. And I'm like, I always, I don't want to say always. No, I always do that. I feel like I'm out or I'm traveling. So, I, you know, I'm going to be away in Miami in June. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I've kind of, I deserve this. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I love that you're giving strategies about traveling. Because I I think that's, too, when most people overeat. It's like, or vacation. Like, you Mm -hmm. go on vacation, and most people have done, whether it's dieting, working out, to prepare for the vacation. And then they go on vacation and eat crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, And the thing is... I want you to enjoy life.
0: Yeah. I
1: just want you to have boundaries around how you're enjoying it. Cause yeah. you can go out on vacation and and have fun and still enjoy the foods that you want and, and do all the things. But when you're overindulging without giving yourself like proper balance and boundaries, then you're gonna come back from vacation feeling like you gotta start all over again.
0: That's and me. You, and you
1: really don't. <laughs> that's all it is. It's, it's me. just like what if I were to just have exercise some self-control in every environment that I'm in so that, you know, the start over cycle is done with, like, I'm just going to pick back up where I started.
0: Yeah. So you, you dropped so many gems and jewels and everything for the audience, but what, I guess what, what wisdom would you leave with someone who? is listening to a this episode and going, Oh my God, this is me. <laughs> and I, they relate to everything. Like what wisdom would you give them mm. other than signing up for your free, yeah, <laughs> your, yeah. your free class that you're about to do. But outside yeah. of that, what wisdom would you give them?
1: Um, I'm going to leave you with something. Cause I just, I just did a podcast episode on this.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and it's how to start walking out self-control. Um, And so the scripture, the foundational scripture that I came from was uh, 1 Peter 5 and 8. And it says to be alert, to be sober-minded, because the enemy prowls around like a lion looking for whom he can devour. Um, So we have to resist him and to stand firm in our faith. And so to break that down, um, that scripture tells us four things that we need to do. It tells us to be alert, right? Mm -hmm. So being alert means being watchful. What things are constantly tripping me up and how can I plan around those things is it that whenever I go to whenever I'm at lunch because I didn't plan the night before I'm always trying to scrounge around and and find what I can eat and oftentimes what I find is the most convenient thing and then I'm tired and then so it sends me it gives me the itis right so identifying like okay what are those things that constantly slip me up Okay, that's being alert. The second thing is being sound minded being sober minded, detaching your emotions from the food. That's number two number three is to resist right to to actually be able to walk this out means that you have to set boundaries and be able to tell yourself no and then number 4 is standing confirm standing sh- standing firm in your convictions because even the example that i gave earlier your your um your coworker can walk in with some cake but if you are convicted about eating the cake and you're like well i want the cake but i also know that this isn't going to take me you know this is not me properly caring for my temple in the way that god has called for me to if you feel fer- personally convicted by that stand firm in it don't be swayed by your co-worker trying to come over and literally put the cake on your table. I've had that happen. I know people, <laughs> one of my clients, I'm getting off topic. One of my clients had yeah. this happen to her the other day and she was literally upset with her co-worker because she was like, I told you I didn't want the cake, but you're coming and bringing the cake to me. So standing firm in your convictions about what you feel like you should be eating in the moment. So study first Peter five and eight, but it really teaches us how to exercise and walk out this thing of self control.
0: I love that. I also love that you mentioned people forcing, um, food yeah. on you. Like I know in my family, it's like, you're, you're, you're not big. Yeah. You're fine. You know what I mean? You, you can eat it. Cause y- you'll be fine. And I've had that done to me before where I felt I didn't want it, but I still ate it. So I, yes. I, I need to, I need to stand firm in my own conviction <laughs> of like, no is no. I, I don't want it, and I don't need it.
1: Well, it, well, let me let me challenge you on that. It's mm-hmm. not that, it's not that you don't need it. You just don't prefer it. Okay. One language is I call it slavery language. It's like I'm I'm a slave to this because I can't have it. It's not that you can't. You can if you want to. You just don't prefer it.
0: Okay. I love mm. that. I'm 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 working on my I'm I'm working on my language. You exactly. you got you got exactly. you're, you're gonna have me with my food confidence. And, and I'm going to get some things in order. I'm definitely coming to your class. Can you share with the audience, A, how to find you, your class that you have coming coming up, and how we can join your community? Because what you're doing is amazing. The lane that you, you are touching and your why and what God has given you, I feel like it's so untouched. I love that you're getting certified um, to help people navigate this whole process because and i i i'll just say prepare yourself because i think there they're going to be so many people who reach out to you because this is so needed and so not talked about it's really a place that i know for sure that people are just suffering in silence mm-hmm.
1: absolutely yeah absolutely so um Thank you so much, Dabour, for having me on. First of all, this has been amazing. Yeah, you um, coming
0: back. You don't know it yet, oh, but you coming back. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to be a season regular.
0: Listen, um, <laughs> I, I'm coming to Atlanta in, God willing, in September. So okay. we might be able to record something then. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Absolutely. Um, But yeah, to answer your question, you all can find me on... Instagram. Um, My Instagram handle is Gabrielle J Sherry. That's G A B R I E L L E J as in James, Sherry, C-H-E-R-Y. And you can find me on my podcast. I do have a podcast entitled Don't Touch My Health, where Mm -hmm. I speak weekly about healthy habits, lifestyle, and faith. And um, to join the two-day training, I will actually give you the link to that, um, Deborah. but the website is It's a Mood for Food. So I-S-S-A-M-O-O-D-F-O-R-F-O-O-D um okay. dot
0: .com. And I'm I'll have that in when when this episode goes up. I'll have it so they can connect with you because you have been amazing. I thank you so much for coming on um and just be, being willing to share all the amazing information that you have um and I just I, I don't even want to say I wish you luck, but I know that God is going to bless your obedience in the area that he has chosen for you. Amen. I love what I you're see. doing. I really, really do.
1: Yeah, thank you. And you as well. This is a, an amazing platform. First of all, do y'all see the excellence that happens when when I love everything about this I was like oh so she was legit legit yeah I I love love the excellence that is here and so I'm excited for you as well
0: thank you so much this place is and I told you this this is my baby it really is and I just I I want to you know we want to change the world um and dominate our sphere you know that god has given us in our own unique way we all have i always say we all have fingerprints and it's just amazing how amazing god is that he gives us all different fingerprints and there's nobody there's no other you like you so only as i tell my children only you can do you like you (laughs) only you so we are needed and i thank god for you i I'm going to connect with you in general when I'm in Atlanta, because I'm, yep. I'm definitely going to reach out. But I hope that you will come back on the podcast. I would love to do some things in the future, just as we were talking. Um, yeah, that okay. I think will bless some, some people. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So thanks for coming. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. You can stay on. Is she still on or is she gone? Okay. (laughs) I'm like, you can stay on because you just stopped recording. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was amazing. Like, I I, want to do some, um, and I'll tell you really quick because I don't want to hold you too long, but I want to do some. um,